Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting family. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to the 95th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are going to be talking about investing in yourself with money. Yes, Sammy. And I'm excited to talk about this because in the past few months, both of us have really taken the leap in terms of investing in our education, in bettering ourselves, in putting some dollars behind the goals that we want to achieve. And so we wanted to talk about that a little bit because I think it can be something that people can go back and forth on. And so we wanted to share our experiences. That's right, Michelle. We have been angel investors for the startup of us, which is what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. A lot of times you're being responsible with your money. You're trying to save greater than 50% of your income. You're trying to max out your 401k. You're doing all the things that we love. And sometimes with that, investing in yourself can seem a little bit luxurious. I agree, Sammy. I saw on Twitter, this guy referred to it as the S&Me 500, which of course I loved. Honestly, whether or not you're being frugal or not being frugal, a lot of times I find even for myself, I'll sometimes very casually spend money on Amazon or to buy this or that, but then I'll really pause and overthink spending $20 on a book, $100 on a class, spending money on something that probably would actually be a good investment in terms of bettering myself. I like what you said about the S&P 500. I said me 500. S&Me 500. That's hilarious. But really, it's not an index fund. You're almost (laughs) like investing in an individual stock. That is true. Because you don't have the risk benefit of the index fund where other companies are there to make up for the fall if you completely get destroyed. You only have you, you only have this body, you only have this mind, and you only have these skills which you can foster. And that's why you actually should invest in the startup, the company of you. Exactly. The most important asset is yourself. Mm -hmm. You born and die with this asset. Exactly, Michelle. I know for me personally, when I looked into investing in things in the past, I've kind of rationalized it with, oh, well, I could just take the time to like learn it on my own or, you know, read a bunch of books or listen to a bunch of content and figure it out by myself. And I definitely think there's a time and place for that. But sometimes there is no time. And if you're short on time, a lot of times investing in these things can be really helpful. I agree, Sammy. I think there's two parts to that. One I actually got this from Ramit Sethi, but I literally cannot figure out from where. Like, I always try to find this article where he talks about it. But he talks about how, like, in his budget, he has an automatic green light for any educational thing that he's interested in. If there's a book that he's interested in or someone recommends, if there's a course or a class, 
then he will just green light it. He won't even spend time thinking about whether or not he should do it. And I like to adopt that similar mindset. It's not like I am always buying tens and thousands of books. So it's not something that's typically breaking my budget. And usually that 10 or $15 I invest is a pretty good investment. Now there's a second half to what you're saying though, Sammy, is that while it's good to invest in those small things like books or courses, or even just watch free YouTube videos online, there's also a lot of benefits to paying somebody who's a little bit ahead of you along the journey. Yeah, Michelle, that individualized targeted advice or targeted help, it just can be so much more helpful than trying to figure everything out by yourself. Like it will literally get at what your specific problems are or your specific pain points and try to work with those. So because of that, you progress so much faster. And I think this can show up in a lot of different ways, whether it's your mental health, your physical health, different things that you're trying to figure out. A lot of times when you're trying to piece together things online, for example, I really wanted to start writing online and I would watch videos about it and I would read content about it, but I still wasn't really moving forward. I was almost using it as a way to procrastinate and I wasn't sure about what I didn't know. But I recently took an online writing course, which is one of these like new trendy cohort-based classes. So it's like a lot of live sessions built in with assignments. And it was so great because from the beginning, they knew every single mental blocker we would run into, attacked it, and then gave us the skills to compound our skills over five weeks. And so even though some of that stuff may have been things that I could have learned or looked up, It was still so helpful to have somebody say like, hey, you're probably going to freak out when you have to post a draft. You still have to do it. Don't be a perfectionist about it. Once again, don't be a perfectionist about it. (laughs) And just to have somebody who already knows you're going to run into that is so, 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 so helpful. Yeah, Michelle, what you're saying about your rite of passage class reminds me of my your first rental class with Paula Pant. And I'm completely obsessed with Paula Pant. I think she's so smart and she's so organized. And so when I was considering getting a rental property, I considered buying her course. And it is not a cheap course. But I'm like, if I'm going to be investing this much money into buying a home, it's probably worth it to spend a few thousand dollars on a course learning all the different things to consider before buying a home. So... I took the course. It has all these different modules, which are so fun and so interesting. And it also has forums. It had study groups. And I learned a lot in the class. Like I was learning how to calculate cap rate. I was having tons of fun with that. But one thing I was really starting to realize throughout the class is I might not really enjoy having a rental property. Like a lot of the people in the course were like very excited about renovations and very excited about flipping a house or finding tenants. And like when I compare this to just investing in the investing in an index fund, it seemed like so much work. Plus, Sammy, you were thinking about buying the house that we're renting. Yes. So I was considering buying the house that we're renting. And in a live session with yours truly, Paula Pant, yes, I got to speak with her with my own words. My mom also got to meet her. And me and me. And Michelle was there too. It was so exciting. (laughs) But I was telling her about my specific situation, like live feedback with Paula, insane. And she like brought up some really good points that I had taken into consideration. 
Ultimately, I came to the conclusion that real estate was not for me. Like, I am perfectly fine putting my money into stocks all day. All that, you know, a few, a thousand or a few thousand to realize that I'm not interested in real estate and save me from investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in something that I really don't care about. And not only just that, the opportunity cost of not getting to invest that in the stock market when it's at a low, so I'm getting to buy my stocks on sale. All of this to say, that class was worth it so hard. And I still get to do the most fun part for me, which is nerding out on the modules and doing all the math and all the fun stuff that I enjoy without actually having to purchase a home. Exactly. And this is before the tower fell on our house. Oh. So it really ended up <laughs> Once being... the tower, it was like, once the tower <laughs> fell, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't buy this house. <laughs> I would not want to be dealing with a tower that fell on my house. I'm like, I'm so glad I don't own a house and I never have to deal with the tower. <laughs> that tower is not my problem. And I love that. I totally agree with you, Sammy. I think a couple of the key things that you're pointing out is that there is a lot of value in being able to talk to people, both people who are, again, ahead of you, who are experts in this, that you can have personal conversations with, and also people who are maybe your peers, a couple of steps above you, below you. You can all share your knowledge, talk about the questions that you're thinking about, and there's just so much value in that. Versus a lot of times if you look online, I find it to be very prescriptive. Like, it's Mm -hmm. very like, okay, you should do this or you should do that. Because it's really hard to communicate things with nuance. But a course really gives that opportunity. I agree, Michelle. I think getting to actually speak with people and also kind of see how excited they were about buying a home and hearing the things that they were excited about and just kind of like reflecting internally back on me and seeing that I'm like 0% excited about any of those things made me really (laughs) realize that this is not the thing for me. And I had the opposite experience. When I took my writing course, there's like 300 people in it. I've met like a little over 100 of them. And it was so nice to have a community of people that really had the same interest as me. I found out while doing the class that I am really interested in writing. I got a lot of positive feedback. And so for me, it was totally worth it because I had an opportunity to not only build a community of like-minded people, but also really discover a part of myself that I had always wondered about, but couldn't push myself forward to do it myself. You know, I think another way, Michelle, that I've invested in myself is through therapy. Mm. So as I've mentioned on previous episodes, I have my therapist, regular psychologist therapist, and also my spiritual counselor. And I've been meeting with them regularly. I started doing that this year. And I found that to be something that I also consider investing in myself. And not just because my insurance doesn't cover it. (laughs) (laughs) So I am paying for both of these out of pocket, but I find them to be really useful. For me, I really wanted to go to therapy and meet with a spiritual counselor because I really wanted to get in touch with myself and my spirituality and not save that for something to deal with once I'm, you know, financially independent or working part time or whatever. I find them both to be so helpful. It's kind of insane the insights that I've been having with both the therapist and the spiritual counselor. I'm somebody who likes to introspect. I like to think about the big picture. I do my meditation classes oftentimes. And a lot of the time, those things will kind of fall off because I'm really busy. 
having a spiritual counselor and a therapist to work through what I'm going through with me and about me, like personalized to me, it just changes everything. I totally agree, Sammy. I was lucky when I saw a therapist with my work. They had offered it through the organization. Maybe should have been a red flag. <laughs> but one of the nice things was that I, ha- I got the opportunity to try it for free. And it really made me realize that anytime there's something you think that you want to process or get ahead of or learn more about yourself, which honestly is probably always, there's probably something that you can dig into. But I think there is always like a time where you're like, I think it would be really great to talk to somebody. And then either the money or figuring out how your health insurance work or finding somebody, like all of those things are barriers to doing something like therapy or even finding a coach. But I think those things can be so, 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 so helpful because these are professional people who can help you a lot more than I don't want to say it. Mental health TikTok, okay? It's not the same. <laughs> or, you know, or even your friends, I will say or that your too. Friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, I am so guilty of being a therapist to my friends. Like, I want to be there for my friends, but I don't have the tools or the language for helping my friends like work through things. Slash, I don't necessarily have the emotional bandwidth. Slash, nobody's paying me. <laughs> even though it might be fun, like, a lot of times there are actually like real good qualified people that you can talk to and it's worth considering if it's something you can afford or get covered by your insurance. Yes. I find it to be like personalized spiritual training. They're literally going through your thought processes and helping you investigate why you feel the way you do, why you act the way you do, and how you can change that so that you can be in more alignment with your true self. So true, Sammy. And you know, it's not just about your mental health. I think there's always something to consider about investing money in yourself when it comes to your physical health as well. For me, I'm a huge class person. Can't do that here. Mm -mm. But when I was in, say, San Francisco, classes in San Francisco are very expensive, quite honestly. Mm -hmm, For sure. And I like SoulCycle, which is probably the like the expenses of the expenses of the classes. But I really enjoyed it. I could afford it. I think that's an important part, too. And there were classes that I thought were very high quality. So if I was going to go every week, I was like, you know what? If this is how I exercise, I'm willing to invest the money into it. For other people, that might be a personal trainer. Like if you have major goals around the food you eat, I don't know, I've never worked with a personal trainer, but I know that that can make such a big impact for people versus like just watching videos or going and playing around at the gym. Yeah, Michelle. As you know, we are a huge fan of ClassPass at this podcast. Oh, yeah. And we haven't mentioned it lately because we live in a place where there is no ClassPass. There's no class. There's no ClassPass. <laughs> there's no class nor ClassPass. <laughs> <laughs> but when we lived in the Bay Area, there are so many really nice upscale classes. And even though ClassPass, for me personally, with how many classes I was going to, you could easily argue that it would be better for me just to get a gym membership at a place that offered classes. But I really liked going to the bougie classes. Like I love my super nice hot yoga studio or my super nice cycling studio. They just have like a vibe that makes you feel so good being there and like all the amenities you can dream of. So even though it's a little bit pricey, I would work out more because of that. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to when this podcast comes out. Like it's been a while since we've done it. 
But at least during the post-pandemic times, a lot of times it was cheaper in like a major city to do class pass in other classes. So it can also be something that not only gives you an opportunity to try different things, it might even be more cost effective if you are actually using it. Mm -hmm. And I think another big one was my Spanish tutor. Mm. I remember one of my coworkers saying like, you're paying $75 for a class? That's kind of a lot of money. And it was a lot of money for me. But at the end of the day, one and a half, two years later, you'll have La Espanol and it's totally worth it. Well, I remember, Sammy, when you were debating connecting with this tutor, we actually were like kind of going through the math because you had just gone through those community college classes mm-hmm. and felt unsatisfied with the pace. And mind you, the the community college classes in San Francisco were free if you live in oh, yeah. San Francisco. So definitely a good deal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you have you're you're stuck at the pace of all of these students. But we would talk about it. And I remember having the conversation where we were saying, like, if you were fluent in Spanish, what would that mean for you? Mm-hmm. And it was 100% worth $75. You wouldn't yeah. need someone to translate for you. You'd be able to have a better connection with your patients. You'd be able to move through appointments faster. And so those are the type of things where, like, sometimes the initial investment can seem like a lot, but the return on the investment long term can actually be something that's super beneficial. Yeah, Michelle. You know, I think a lot of people perceive that, oh, you, it's because you needed the medical Spanish. And actually, the medical terms I would get through work, like it was pretty easy for me to pick those up quickly. Mm. And a lot of medical terms are Latin based. So that was pretty quick. But when I met with my tutor, I really found that what I was lacking was the verb knowledge, because that is hard to pick up by yourself. And so he was able to teach me the verbs, teach me how to conjugate the verbs. We went through them so quickly. And then next thing you know, I'm able to like say sentences. And now, not only do I not need a translator, but I can travel to other countries. I can go live in other countries where they speak Spanish primarily. I could potentially study up and get my certification and become a translator if I wanted to. That's not necessarily something easy to do, but it's like another potential complete skill that I have. And was it worth $75 a session for one to two years? 100%. It was easily worth way more than that. It's honestly been impressive, Sammy, how far you've come since you've taken those classes. So I will validate that I think that it was totally worth it. So if you are considering something that you want to invest money in, whether that's a course, therapy, a coach, a personal trainer, learning to speak a new language, and you're trying to decide whether or not you want to do it, I think a big thing to think about, something that I thought about when I was taking my writing course, was what do you want to get out of it? What would make it worth it to invest in this? For me, I knew the writing course was going to push us to publish writing every single week. So I said, if I publish my writing every single week, I would be happy with the money that I spent. And an important thing there is that was that was something that I could control. So even if the class kind of went crazy or I didn't love everything about it, I knew that there was something that I could control and feel satisfied with my purchase. So I think that's just something good to think about. What do you want to get out of this at the end of the day? Exactly. Michelle and I are not trying to tell you to go spend money on everything that you see. Mm -mm. But we know, you know, we can be frugals over here. Two frugals. And we know that we're often perpetuating this message of saving a lot of money, which is awesome and gives you so much freedom. But at the same time, we do not want to create an illusion. We are also spending where we value it, and especially we're spending on investing in in ourselves. 
and it's making a big difference in both of our lives. And that's why we felt like we wanted to share it today. I totally agree, Sammy. And I have to say that as I've studied and read about more people who are successful, who who have moved up in like their fields or have become successful entrepreneurs, a common thing that I always hear in say their interviews and conversations that they have is that they are actually spending a lot of money on investing in themselves. So they're investing again in coaches, mentors, coaches for every specific thing that they want to work on, their mental health, their work, how to manage people. So this is actually something that I think is pretty common as people build their wealth, but you don't necessarily hear when you're starting your personal finance journey, people talk about these type of things. And so we definitely want to encourage you to do so because if it's something that you're interested in and something that's affordable to you, we definitely encourage you to go for it. I think the big takeaway is when it comes to investing in yourself, you've got a lot of options. There's courses, there's individualized things like therapy or coaches. Look into what works for you. Maybe maybe there's something like a podcast or a person that you're already really into who has a class or a course. Consider investing in it if that's something you're interested in. Exactly, Sammy. I mean, when you went to get your Spanish tutor, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you just put a notice on Nextdoor mm-hmm. and asked if somebody teaches Spanish in our area. Yes, that's literally what I did. And you found a great Spanish tutor. The best. So there's definitely a lot of options there. Keep in mind, too, it doesn't have to be perfect. I have bought courses before that I thought I would like, and I didn't finish. They were like self-paced, or I wasn't as into them. So it's okay to make mistakes. But I think that if you do sort of have this like remit set the mindset where, hey, if there's something I'm marginally interested in that I want to invest in, I'm going to put that a green light in my budget, you will be better for it. Because at the end of the day, even a little bit of learning is going to compound over time. And if you guys do decide to take a course and you like it or you don't like it, let us know. Let us know what you're into and what kind of courses you guys are taking or what kind of coaches or whatever way you're investing in yourself, let us know. We are so curious. You can email us at statuspostadulting.com. You can hit us up on Instagram at status. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us statuspostadulting at gmail.com, Instagram at statuspostadulting. You know how to reach us. You guys are always able to do it. But yeah, we would love to know. Honestly, people are always taking cool classes or tapping people in to teach them things that I don't even think about sometimes. So let us know because we would maybe be interested in doing it too. But most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and we rethink the status quo. Hey guys, welcome to the after show. Welcome to the after show. Behind the scenes details today. Our neighbor (laughs) is having a party. We think. Yeah, it's in the middle of the afternoon. I'm guessing it's a child's party of some sort. They have a mariachi band. And this has been affecting our podcast quite a bit. Well, not really. But there was a portion where we were not sure if the (laughs) band was coming through or not. (laughs) And it seems like maybe they were just like warming up their instruments or something. Because I feel like I don't hear it now. I do hear it. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully we don't have to re-record this whole thing tomorrow. (laughs) Also, Sammy, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you. What? Sammy told me our house is haunted. Oh my god. Okay, so 
I noticed that one of my patients had an address that was close to ours. And then we were talking and she asked me which house I was and she said she actually used to live in this house. Which that story could have ended right there. I didn't realize that Michelle was going to have such a big issue with this. Anyway, so she was saying that she used to live in our house like 20 years ago. She talked about how she was sleeping. Can I say the story or at this point or it's fine? Like you're okay with me? Like you're not going to be scared? I don't know if we should put it in the ethos. She told me that the house was haunted in quite some graphic detail. I wish I could tell you, but um, Michelle probably doesn't want to hear it again because she's no, traumatized. No, okay. First off, how rude, okay? You should not tell people that the home that they live in is haunted. Especially if those people are the ones that usually <laughs> turn off all the lights and lock all the doors. Okay. Well, okay, Michelle, the problem is she was like, don't tell me the house is haunted. Michelle was like, I don't want to know. Yeah, I told you I don't want to know. And then she was like, no, actually, okay, you can tell me. Michelle kept saying things like, I don't want to know. But then she would say, okay, you can tell me. As long That's as it... only because I could tell you wanted to tell me. Okay, I didn't want to know at all. Then she would say, unless it's about a creepy ghost or someone seeing a ghost. And then so I'd remain silent. So she would know <laughs> that that's what it was about. First off, somebody comes home. Is anybody even tell me the house is haunted first? <laughs> she was just like, oh, she told me something about the home. <laughs> and I was like, don't tell me. And then I was like, did something happen here? And she was like, no. And I was like, fine. And then she was like, it's haunted. And then I was like, don't tell me anything. <laughs> and I was like, definitely don't tell me if it's about a child. And she was yeah, like. Yeah, she's like, she's like, definitely don't tell me if it's about a child ghost. And I'm like. Everybody knows mm-hmm, children ghosts are the scariest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you were even like, okay, just don't tell me if it was like the, a, children, a child in distress. No, I didn't say that. Of course a child ghost is in distress. I don't know. I Maybe asked happy. you if it was glowing, and you and said then no. You were also like, "Please don't tell me it involves a shed." <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "Literally, you're putting the pieces together yourself." Oh my! God. That's because I was just saying what would be a nightmare situation, and it turned out to be true. Okay, and you're very bad at hiding things from me. I'm bad at hiding things. You know that. No, you should never have told me. Anyway. Let us know if Sammy was a terrible person <laughs> and told us about ghosts or if you would prefer if someone told you. Listen, if your house is haunted and there's a haunted house ghost story about your home, you literally want to know it. You, no, you Even don't. if you're scared. Even if you're scared, you got to know. You have no, to know. No, you will sleep fine at night not knowing. And you know what? I called in my ancestors, my ancestor spirits ghosts, and I asked them, you know, if this little girl is still here to please watch over her and help her cross over. And I personally, like, I don't get the vibe that she's still here, except when I go in the shed. The shed is very spooky. Great. Anyway, we're leaving. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Conversation done.